You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today we are so excited. We get to interview the amazing Mara Weisenberg, the author of This Golden State. Say hi, Mara. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, we are so excited. Um, so we just have a little introduction. Um, she lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and two daughters where they love to hike across the green belt for breakfast tacos. Okay, that sounds magical. <laughs> Yes. She's a native North Californian and grew up in Silicon Valley before it became Silicon Valley to say, wow, I wonder, I'd be interested to see like the differences that you've oh, like, yeah. noticed yeah. over the years. Um, she went to uh, Bowdoin College in Maine and was stunned to experience a true winter for the first time. Cool. <laughs> yeah. She has a master's degree from UCLA in cinema and media studies and worked in development at production companies on the Warner Brothers, Disney and Universal lots. Um, if you ask her what her favorite, she says it would be Warner Brothers. She'll never forget seeing all six of the friends in one golf cart, but the Disney commissionary had the best food. That is freaking amazing. She has a golden doodle named Ruby. Oh my gosh. And the full name is Ruby is Hagrid. I knew you would love, love you. that part. I like left that love segment you. for you because I knew that. I was like, is it weird if I name one of my kids Ruby is Hagrid? Hagrid? Well, and he's the boy, you know, so he's Ruby the boy, Ruby is Hagrid. Yeah, that is so amazing. It's like the perfect Harry Potter, like, fun tidbit without being like in your face Harry Potter yeah see I see Anna's like mind calculating like how can I make how can I make this work for myself (laughs) (laughs) okay and I just wanted to share why we wanted to interview this beautiful beautiful author so Merit Merit, first off she is just such a talented writer um when you read the first like I would say I texted Anna like probably one chapter in and I was like I'm already lost in this book one of the things that I struggle with as a reader is sometimes I'm just reading and I'm not in the world. When, when you first like are introduced into Poppy's world, you really feel like you are right there with her. She gives you characters to root for characters that are just so powerful. And, um, you are driven because of the way that she writes and she builds tension. You're just driven to find out what's next. I could not put this book down. Um, so if you haven't picked it up, I really recommend getting to know her and her storytelling. She's really beautiful at painting a picture and really capturing that time um, adolescence when you're right at the bridge of being a child and like kind of depending on your parents, relying on them and really finding your own path. And this book really, it's a beautiful, like, I don't know, analogy of coming out of your chrysalis. So, um, so if you have not read this book, we recommend it reading it so pause this episode read the book because this entire episode is dedicated to spoilers because we really want to go into writing and kind of like what kind of went through her mind when she was kind of going through all this so and writing everything so that's kind of a little bit about why we chose her so yeah yeah Yeah, I can't wait to spoil it to death (laughs) yeah go into it yeah we can unravel the mystery together especially because you wrote like a book that is like you can't even there's no spoilers until like the final half of the third act and you're like finally I'm like oh my gosh that's what happened and so I'm like this must be so nice to actually be able to discuss like what happened and stuff yeah for sure yeah we are so excited so um before we get into all the questions do you just want to like go over and kind of do like the pitch for your book 
Yeah, tell us yeah. what you're so, so this Golden State is about Poppy, who is a gifted 17-year-old, and she longs for stability, and also the truth from her parents, whose secretive and mysterious past keeps their family endlessly on the run. So Poppy uh, takes a simple at-home DNA test, and that uncovers a world of change she might not have been prepared for. The way that this all unravels too is like gripping. Crazy. I just remember figuring out like the backstory, which we will get into later. And holy cow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, okay. So from now on, it is spoiler filled. <laughs> so like, here's the line. Do not cross unless yep. you're rolling to hear spoilers. Um, but yeah, let's go into like the first question. So holy cap, holy crap. Um, the tension, the pacing. So for me, like as someone who's writing like a murder mystery right now, I personally would love to kind of go through your process as you plot this book. So for me, when I'm writing, I have now, it's took me like months, but I finally figured out, like I wrote a 25 page, like synopsis of like, this is actually like chronologically the story and then trying to like, um, put it in and trying to make sure that I'm not like putting any clues that are like a little too much, you know what I mean? In it, um, it's hard to write a mystery and figure out what clues to place and where without giving the plot away. And I kind of wanted to like go through your process as you plot this book, like kind of tell us what you did. How did you plot a murder mystery? I hate plotting. I hate it. (laughs) And I also know how important it is. So, and I've, I've done both where I've kind of, um, you know, winged it a little bit. And then I've done the other where it's been meticulously plotted Mm -hmm. because I forced myself and it felt like writing, uh, like paint painting by numbers. And so I always struggle with how much to plot. And I think it's a happy So I think with this one, you know, I'm not a spatial person. So, you know, there's some authors who put all the, you know, index cards or they put everything up on the wall, like the FBI, you know, and then they can take out like all the red cards. Yes, yes. So you're just showing her crazy plot board. So you like, you could take out, okay, like all the red cards, like that is Harry and Poppy's storyline. And yeah. um, I, my brain melts when I yes. do. My brain is melting. I'm literally like, I had to take a break for like a solid three weeks. And I was like, you can't, you can't touch a page. You can't even touch a computer for three weeks. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, it all comes apart for me like that. So I, I'm best when I'm feel like it's almost like method acting. Like I'm in it and I'm swimming. I'm swimming. Okay. But before I get there, um, the only thing that ever made sense to me was, um, like, was it Chuck Klosterman? It was somebody who said they think of, um, plotting as flaming chainsaws. And so I'm like, okay, what are my flaming chainsaws? And, you know, in this one, I have maybe seven, you know, Poppy and Harry, um, uh, Poppy, you know, in class, taking the test, wanting more, um, the mystery of her parents, um, what this house is in California, you know? And so, um, and then outside pressures coming, you know, um, things to be scared of that are on the outside. Um, and so I just feel more sane when I make that list and I'm like, okay, I check in like, okay, what plate have I not been spinning for a minute? you know, and then I go back to that, like, okay, I'm feeling it almost like DJing, like, what is the feeling 
that we just had a slow scene, like what do I need to tap back into? So that's how I feel sort of safest doing it. Um, I, you know, I plotted this whole book out and before I really knew it and it was so dumb. I mean, the ending was completely different. It was, um, and I think, um, finally I did have some, I always have five main scenes in place, Mm -hmm. you know, the turning point in act one, um, the midpoint, the climax, and then sort of the wrap up. So I know those. And, um, and then I heard Rainbow Rowell say, just if you freak out, write what you know, in between, you know, just like write what you know is going to happen. Okay. You'd, you'd be surprised. Like you do have all these scenes in your head that you do, you are excited about. And so, um, but a lot of, so I had scraps, you know, of like, I really wanted, um, I, I like the idea of this family playing poker, you know, so I, I would figure out, you know, I wanted that somewhere. So yeah, I have oh, such a good foundational. Um, I really loved the way you did that with poker, like the way that they, like it represented so much mm-hmm. of their family dynamic and like how, like you can look into like the symbolism behind all of that, that their relationship was built off of poker and like how like her and her father, like, I loved that so much. So yeah. And it how like, yeah. And then it starts to annoy her. Like she loves that her dad <laughs> read her. She thinks it's so funny that he's always the best at everything. And then she's like, no, no, no. Like I, I I'm going to go toe to toe with you. Like mm-hmm. I'm considered to. Yeah. 100%. I was going to ask you too. So one of the things that I loved about this book is it even had like, even though this was a tenacious pot and there's lots of really intense pacing, it also is a very like internal book. Like there isn't as much, there's tiny bits of external, like, you know, like suddenly someone's looking through trash and, you know, things like that. So you kind of can feel these outside things, but a lot of it is an internal struggle. And um, really it's just a girl having a really good summer and a really good first romance, you know? Um, how did you like let uh because like as a reader I'm like oh my gosh like I feel like I'm enjoying this summer with her like I'm at the country club and stuff like that how did you give yourself your plot time to breathe because rather than her just being like I'm gonna find out what's happening blah 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 like she's also enjoying herself like I thought that was amazing I think that's just me more of um me uh being a little mixed up (laughs) like I think I love (laughs) I love to all my books end up being kind of multi-genre and I think it's because, mm-hmm. you know, if I were maybe more clever about it, I could just be a thriller writer, you know, and just be like, okay, straight ahead. But I love these kind of, um, some Sarah Dustin vibes. It was good. Yeah. yeah like I yeah. like the, the, um, softness, the subtleties, the sort of yeah. like airiness. That goes- yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it gave moments of Poppy to breathe and the reader to kind of like breathe. She has these big internal struggles of wondering about her family and where her parents are, but then you get these nice moments where she's at the country club and she's with the guy and she's just having a good teenager summer, like typical. And like, I feel like you need that experience. And that matched up a lot with um, her love for California. Mm-hmm. You know, she's falling in love with this place that's always been forbidden. So I tried as much as I could to kind of marry that, like her new, you know, she's finding her uh, own home. She's finding her this, you know, kind of idyllic summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that a, uh, you know, more, um, I don't know, like it, it definitely isn't, uh, you can't just put this, categorize this book. 
So oh, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Like the way that I've been describing it to like people when I recommend your book is I'm like, it's like Sarah Destin's like one of her like summer books, but like with the thriller of like, you know, one of us's lines like that. It's like the, the pacing of them is it's a really beautiful, like love child. I loved it. So, um, but how did you know, like what information to keep back? Cause I like you waited a while, like you are right there with Poppy. You don't know anything. It's kill. It was killing me. I was like, I have to know why the mother is like. So, how did you know how to keep information back? I love doing that. I um, <laughs> I think I always am so scared of giving things away early, and so um, and it's also it's just a, it's one of my favorite things to do. So, and it was really, it was hard. I wanted to do it well, and so laying the clues in the house and having them be right was tough because I, I, some, I put some in that just didn't, they felt a little bit obvious or it felt like, um, it, it, they had to be that great middle ground where they were interesting, but they didn't tell you too much. They told you a tiny bit, but they're not, they're going to add up later. So, um, you know, the, like the giving tree, the book, you know, I was like, okay, that is purely something, you know, I had this book when I was growing up that I was given when I was, five, four, and the same inscription, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I really want that in because it just captured, I mean, so much of this book is my experience in 70s California and then matched with the Silicon Valley that it's become today. I wanted those two worlds, you know, next to each other. So when Poppy leaves the neighborhood, she's thrown into Harry's, you know, billionaire, Silicon Valley, hyper-competitive California today of that area and but I really like my love letter to a time that's kind of disappearing um and you know it really is these you know old ranch houses surrounded now by you know Facebook mansions that really is so true yeah crazy the difference um I'm in Salt Lake, but I'm in the Salt Lake area. And this, they like say that the Salt Lake area is turning into the next Silicon Valley. And I live in this really small farming town. And it, the same thing is starting to happen here. where like suddenly all these million dollar mansions are going up. And it's just insane to see that like this house from the 1950s. That's one story that has a bunch of farmland is surrounded now by these yeah. gorgeous big houses. And it's just, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think that there's always nostalgia that comes with that. And especially I have such nostalgia for the California that I can barely remember, but you know, orchards, like I grew up in, when you drove that are gone now. I grew up in Northern California and I totally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I grew up in like a suburb surrounded by the orchards. So like the Sacramento area is where like I lived and stuff like that. And so yeah, we have, you know, like Vacaville. Like that oh yeah. When you were describing <laughs> the nut tree, like I knew exactly what you were talking exactly. about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, you described it. When you were talking about the outlet malls, I was like, oh my gosh, the Jelly Belly yeah, factory is like exactly. 15 minutes away. <laughs> and like the Camelot motel that used to be there, like it, it, yeah. I'm sure it's gone now, but yeah, I remember. Some of my like, best friends live there. So I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's it's like a lot of kind of heartbreak you know about old and new and so I wanted to like so I wanted to lay the clues in that way too Mm -hmm. you could see a little bit of the mom's past but I struggled so much because it wasn't 
was an Allie Maisie's book, you know? And so, and I, I was tied to um, Poppy's perspective. I was going to bring yes. that up. Oh my God, that was hard. Can I bring this up? Like I'm skipping. Then Anna, you can ask the next two questions. You got it. You're good. Let's talk about Poppy's mom. Yes. She's so <laughs> fascinating. And the love story of her parents is really romantic. I could feel that there was like a story, like a big story that like between them and stuff like that. And I'm asking like, would you ever write a book about their story? And if not, we'd love for you to share more about them. I was like, I feel like there's so much of a story that like we didn't get to see because it's all through Poppy's lens. Right. Um, and so much of this is in my head. I know the backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know at this point how much. That's why we kept it spoiler filled. Cause I was like, tell me everything <laughs> about their love story. So when she took him to prom or when he took, you know, when they went to prom, yeah. like, what that mean for them? Like, <laughs> just, I love the idea of them. Um, so yes, I would love to write their story. Um, to me, I mean, I guess I could probably do a book where you um, it's with them and Emma, you know, 10 years in the future, but I would much rather spend time going back into the past, you know, we would be very happy with that. We would be very oh, happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I see it as. Life on the run. Are you kidding me? Like that's so like, it's a real like. And it, even it would just be five. fascinating to like read about the mother's childhood and how she came to, you know, how everything unfolded exactly. You how have a killer was. story there. Yeah. Literally a killer story. There. <laughs> so much of it is I read, um, you know, when I grew up, Patty Hearst, I mean, this is, you know, how long ago it was, but I just, one of my earliest memories was sitting at the kitchen table and my parents were talking about Patty Hearst and in the, um, San Francisco, San Francisco Chronicle, there were those pictures, you know, of her robbing a bank with the gun. And, um, they were talking about how they couldn't catch her. And she was, my parents were saying, you know, she's still around at large. And that blew my mind that this lady (laughs) was, you know, around. And so I always had that in my mind mm-hmm. and then I read the Jeffrey Tubin book about um Patty Hearst and oh my gosh I mean it was it, I mean in a way um you know I love Allie so much and I I um you know am much more uh she's not Patty Hearst at all but I think her story is similar of um a kind of disengaged uh super duper wealthy um you know almost like the Kennedys of California yeah so her parents might not have her parents inherited money they're kind of wastrels um they um they and I kind of based um Allie on my friend um I never met his wife but he my somebody I just adored um his wife was a um she grew up really wealthy and she had this insane her, her early twenties where she, um, ran away. She became a heroin addict. She just lived this whole other life. And then she kind of got clean, disowned her parents or just, you know, separated from her parents. And she really, you know, became, I think she was uh, a stay-at-home mom, like really calm. And it was like, she had this whole other life that I, I doubt she shared with her kids until maybe they became teenagers. I mean, when I knew this family, they were, you know, the kids were tiny. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I was fascinated by that. Like what's going on in your head? Like when you had like almost two different lives, you know, and you almost, you could have died. You could have, you were living life on the edge, but then you were like, I have my priorities straight. I have my head straight. Um, So I I always had that character in my head, um, that, that type of person in my head. 
and, and really wondering about them, um, wanting to explore that. Um, but so they, I basically see them as um, Maisie was from this rich family. She and her brother were so tight. Her brother was younger. Um, she was in and out of uh, boarding schools, just kept like, you know, flunking out or getting in trouble. Um, but she always was super, she and his best friend, who was a scholarship kid at this fancy, you know, San Francisco boys school, um, they just had a thing. And he didn't, you know, quite take her shit. He, and also she was a terrible choice for him. who was like an Eagle Scout and went to West Point. <laughs> he became a Navy SEAL. And like, finally, you know, but he was so, it was almost the three of them, three musketeers with, you know, Maisie, her brother and um, Joe. Mm -hmm. And then he finally was like, she's, she, um, you know, bro he broke up with her for what was going to be the last time. And then um, she got clean and, you know, but uh, got kidnapped in this exact same manner that Patty yeah. was kidnapped. And I think that's in my mind, that's when the family was like, hey, can you do us this favor? And to Joe, can you come help us and try and, you know, get her? She might listen to you or, and um, so the hard thing was figuring out how they meet up in a way that wasn't ridiculous. But, um, you know, they meet up and, um, you know, she, someone questioned me on like, oh, she's a terrible person that she wouldn't turn herself in. And I was like, oh my God, who wants to go to prison? You know, yeah. like, it would scare the hell out of me. And if there was, especially 20 years ago, uh, a way to run, like, and you're, I remember being 24 and in love and thinking I was gonna, this was it. Like I could, I was gonna rule the world, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and he, that unfortunately taps into everything he's about a hero complex um he is a navy seal he can figure this stuff out and they just have this crazy energy between them and so they make it work and they call her brother and talk to him like one last time she doesn't even talk to him it's um it's uh joe dan and from then on there's like money you know they figure this out it's so dangerous but they can carry it on and it gets harder and harder as the years go on with the internet with all, you know, yeah. But when we meet them, it's, you know, 19 years down the road. And they kind of have a system in place. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, so that's what I, um, in my crazy mind came up with. <laughs> it works. So it totally makes sense. Um, okay. And I have to ask, how is Poppy's sister doing? What's in store for her, for the whole family? The I thought the ending was so beautiful and bittersweet. They parted ways. You know, Poppy stayed with Harry. She's going to stay in California. And her and she knows that, like, where her family goes, she will not know. But I always was hopeful. I'm like, well, maybe, like, somewhere in the future, they will meet. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. Did you guys read um, Laura Dave's book, um, The Last Thing He Told Me? I think that's what it's that's called. Cool. It, it, they have um they it, it's like she does it really well where you know this is a spoiler alert uh years down the road you know you look up and across like a you know shopping like a, a crowded street she sees like, oh. oh yeah so I'm like you know I that, I love that kind of idea but um Emma I don't see doing very well 
I feel like 10 years down the line, this family is not in a good place. Like they were with Poppy. I think th- those mm-hmm. were the years, you know, kind of like, do you know any families who their first kid, once the first kid left, they, they were kind of done parenting in some ways. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think like it just becomes, you know, harder for them. It's a heartbreak. I think when they let go of Poppy and Emma is just. She already was struggling. Like she already didn't understand and didn't accept a lot of the things that they had to do. Yeah. And Poppy was so, um, what's the right word? Um, when you, she will like compliant. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Poppy was so willing to, cause she like could see her parents and she understood like Emma was like, this is great, but I have a better life plan for myself. <laughs> yeah. And like, well, Poppy is her mom. Emma is also her mom, you know, kind of a different. Oh my gosh. I see that now. Yeah. I completely see that. Oh my gosh. Also, I, yeah, I'd love to see like a day with Allie. Like, I just would love to see like what she was like and stuff like that. Like, her oh, little, I know. I love like the I know. her fashion and like the way that she <laughs> no, her fashion. I mean, she was the girl. I mean, in a way, like, I'm sort of obsessed with that person. Like, this other book I um, wrote before this one, The Insomniacs, I have a sort, I, I mean, I love Allie so much for um, Caroline and the other one. She's, she, I don't love her, but she, same, like these girls who just seem five years older all the time you know they rule their friend group they are always like just have an eye for fashion they are constantly curious they they just are you know um they can do everything times 10 they're smart they're athletic they're yeah they're just like stone cold killers boss yeah stone cold killers that's what i put it (laughs) So do you see um, with her, like, do you think Poppy's sister is going to be going to end up okay at the end of this? Like, because that was the hardest thing I think when I was finishing mm-hmm. it, I was like, I felt so happy with the way it ended. But I was like, I loved that. Like, I felt good for Poppy. Poppy, I, I was like, Poppy. Poppy's got good stuff coming her way. Like, she's going to be fine. She'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, I was like, she's going to be okay. But this, yeah. <laughs> I think Emma is, Emma's going to be okay. Um, but Emma is going to go through, Emma's going to have to make, Emma's going to have to tap into that thing where she saves herself and she's stubborn enough to know that she's worth it and she has it and use her bad superpowers for good. You know, she's like Darth Vader where she can like realize she can like rechannel that. Um, and so, but yeah, like Emma's got to know that she's worth it and, um, and she's feisty but then she has to be feisty for herself in my mind like later yeah it's gonna be a beat down you know and she's gonna be getting a lot of attention through negative mm-hmm. so what about the parents like how do you think that that journey for them is gonna be because what about so like obviously their love story was beautiful but sometimes I kind of feel like they're together because they made that choice like you know decades ago they're stuck yeah so they have mm-hmm. to be together you know, and I could see like that conflict when they were like in the house and stuff like that. How do you think like they're really like, is it based off of love at this point or more like obligation because of the choices they made in their youth? And do you think that like Emma and Poppy became like an instigator for like that? Oh my gosh, you're bringing back how hard it was to like layer all of that. <laughs> it was so hard because it's all of that, right? They, um, they, and so is marriage, right? You know what I mean? And so is marriage. marriage. I mean, so I like think we made this choice and it's an amazing yeah, choice. And but you, still... You're on the, like the boat together with these, you know, yeah. Um, 
I feel like they always, they've had this thing. I think, you know, they have this energy between them, um, this attraction. They have a ton of history together. I think um, Allie's guilt eats away at her. Um, yeah. She has a lot more trauma than he mm-hmm. has. You know, he, um, she has trauma. She has this guilt that she's the one who did this to all of them. Um, he kind of can't let his bubble pop. You know, he is very committed yeah. to this narrative of um, that what they're doing is for the family and the family is the most important thing. And life, who cares what you know, people say about life? Life is what you decide it's gonna be. And for him, the most important thing um, is his family. Bubble. But I, there's a moment in the book when he says like, my kids are more important than you to her. And I think that, that, mm-hmm. that that's- That defines their relationship very well. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. does love her and care about her, but it's the girls. It's the girls. Like he's doing this for- the, It the broke my heart when Poppy was like villainizing her mother a little bit where she's like, she caused this. I was like, oh, you don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? She's like, how could she- and it's so sad. Oh my gosh. When you put the, like, when her dad in the very beginning is like, it was a cold case. I was like, oh, you just said the most sexy words to me I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like a cold case. Oh my gosh. Like I'm obsessed. I literally have like, I think next to me, I have like the how to hunt a killer, like a uh, board game, like thing. Like I'm obsessed with, I mean, that's you know, why. Really, like cold things. case is so great. Yeah. It's, cold a, great, case. it's a great phrasing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How long did it take you from finishing the first draft? Because you mentioned that the ending was different then. Um, first off, what was that ending? And second of all, how did you go from that first draft? And like th- when you were like, oh, I just write the parts that's in the middle that I think the scenes go. How did you transform that and put it in? Like how long did it take you to get there from the book today? Well, this book, I, um, I sold it to my editor a hundred, maybe like 85, hundred pages. So for a long time, I spent time up until the DNA test. And so I just, you know, and I've never really, I hadn't done that before. And so, um, and then she bought it, but it was like, I'd had this like really edited, polished hundred pages. And then this whole another 250, 200, 250 to write. So I was like, oh my God. And I'd put it aside for a while while I was editing my, uh, my book that came before that. And so, um, so that was crazy to go in and out of it. Um, and I remember being very, very nervous when I dipped back into it of like, okay, where was I? Um, so I think I started it uh, probably, usually, yeah, I started it, I think in January and I had to take a break and I worked on it until maybe uh, like June. And that was like, I quickly wrote for three months and then it was like three months of editing. And then I wasn't allowed to turn anything into them to try and sell something else until um, copy until they accepted the draft of my of the Insomniacs. So it was okay. sitting there, and I was revising. Yeah, I got my editorial letter. I was revising. So I would say six months put aside, and then December before the pandemic, I dug into it and I finished it April of the pandemic so like you know shit hit the fan it was crazy and um I was living in my daughter's room because my husband was still like out in his job he was still out working and um and I just remember being freaked out like I was in that last bit 
And I was like, I don't know. I'm just feeling my way through this. Like every day I would just write a tiny bit. And I was like, like, oh, is this right? Is this right? Like when she goes to her grandmother's house, when she sees her dad, like I was just so laying track so carefully. Yeah. Like I think when I plotted it out, it was, um, it was that she ended up having a, Poppy had a confrontation with the grandparents and the grandparents had been talking to the police. And so it was more like a sting operation thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I could have seen that. Like when there was like that thing, I, that's what I yeah. thought was going to happen, but it was beautiful the way that it was that, Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, it was so, and I was like, uh, like, I bet I knew I wanted her to get out, you know? And I was like, I like what we're going to do jumping through windows. Like, no, I don't want to yeah. do So a lot of that was winging it at the end, which scared me so much slow and steady. So yeah. Wow. Well, you pulled it. I like could not imagine it any different, the ending. So thank you for making it what it was. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. I've, our final like question stuff for that yeah. you is um, what kind of like advice and stuff like that would you give to writers who are kind of in the middle of trying to figure themselves out and own their story and stuff like that? I mean, this is your second novel. And so, and I know that you said that you're working on a screenplay, which is so exciting. So what kind of advice would you give to your past self or, you know, anyone that's kind of going through this? I think it's kind of two part. I think, um, so actually I've written four books because I had two before the- Oh my gosh. The, yeah, I had two before the ones I did with Flatiron. Okay. Um, so also okay. YA. I'm and so excited. I get to go read those after this. This is so nice. <laughs> and, um, and I think the first book was- that's when you're figuring yourself out. Like I tried the note cards. I tried writing in a notebook. Like I was figuring out what worked and what didn't work for my brain. Um, and so I think it's, yeah, but the most important advice is just finish a draft. Like even if it's horrendous, just finish a draft because it's so disheartening. It's so, there's so many, stops and starts, but if you um, get lost in the middle, it's so easy to give up and then you're just left with this bad feeling and it, your confidence takes a dip. And I think when you finish something, even if it's not right, um, your confidence goes up when it's done. And then you have actually something that you can work with. And so I used to work in LA and you know film and TV and my boss was a screenwriter. And I remember him saying to me, you know, there's so many screenwriters in this town but not many of them have finished. And if you finish, mm. you are way ahead of the game. And so that was my goal with the first book when I finally started writing. I was like, my goal baseline is just to finish it. And so I did that and then I you know, edited and I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote a book and it's terrible, but wow, I wrote a book. You did it, yeah. yeah. That is awesome advice, thank you. I seriously agree with that. Celine has finished her first draft and yeah. even she got done with it. And she was like, it's awful. This is the worst, but I'm like, but you did it. You finished your first yeah. draft. I will never forget the moment. Yeah. <laughs> she has it in a binder. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the moment I finished my first book. And then, um, I will never, you know, each, someone was saying like, why do you do this? And it's so hard and frustrating and scary. And, um, I, it really is for that feeling when you finish it, even, you know, the first draft, it's, I was there for that moment. I remember you, 
feeling this cabin retreat and i had set a goal to finish my first draft when we were on this cabin retreat together and i remember sitting on the floor and like looking at her and i'm like i just i just finished like it's all crap but i've just i mean it doesn't get better but what do you do once yeah how do you turn this (laughs) like that i'm like i had to take a break i was like trying so hard to like force things i know i know you take a break and then you start making checklists (laughs) yeah you get very executive functiony about it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what i do i try and calm myself down that's smart that's really smart okay so just finish finish it finish your first let me just just hype anna for a minute too (laughs) i love every word that pours out of that girl's soul like she is such a powerful writer and it's so cool like i cannot wait we have a one of the authors that we just love I mean just like you where it's like being able to see those books on the shelf and like seeing it's like a baby being born it's like oh my gosh like I'm so proud of that those words and stuff like that and I I can't wait to see where Anna's story goes because it's just going to be so amazing like oh my gosh has to tell is so unique and like beautiful Yay. and fun and <laughs> so yeah so we appreciate yeah I've not finished all- my first draft that's where this is going basically but I'm almost there <laughs> We are almost there, which is crazy to me. Like, I'm so excited about it. Technically, like, if she just wanted to, she could write the final scene and it would make sense because it's just a lot of fun. Like, it's a quest book. It's a quest book, which is so much fun reading. Oh, that's awesome. And isn't it so good? This is why it's like, it's so great. You have the podcast and so good to talk because you need this encouragement. You need. Oh my goodness. Yes. Sometimes I listen to our past episodes Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I I love it. I love listening to like their advice and stuff like that. And it really has helped so much. And your advice today was really helpful. So thank you. Oh, good. Yes. Thank you. Well, it's good to just say again, like to myself, every time I'm like, just finish. It's, it's, you know, it's hard all the time. Cause I'm like, ah, I know, and then mm-hmm. you know we get to talk to you, and we get to hear all these things, and we get to hold your book, and so yeah, we definitely. I'm like, oh, I need your autograph on this book. So. I know. I wish I could be right there. <laughs> yes. Hey, my family lives in Austin, so I'll have. Oh, come visit. Tell, we'll tell me. Tell me. Tell <laughs> me. Yeah, I will. Okay. I would love that. Um, we have to have coffee or a drink. Does everybody? Everybody's witnessing this, right? Like we're gonna hang out. We're gonna hang out. <laughs> I, all I want to do, yeah, is hang out with you guys and have fun. And I wish that I could. You have a great job interviewing authors. That's we crazy. honestly feel so lucky. Like we started, we started interviewing authors because we were like, we just feel like there's so much knowledge and information they could give us and help. And that we love being able to pick everyone's brains about like their plots. And yeah, this is literally a, some, a dream. So we are not working. Thank you so much. No, for- thank you so much. Yes. for having you guys. Thank I you so it. much for coming on. And you guys will, sorry, we just realized we've been talking to just you for like this entire time. And you guys that are listening, um, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And you, where can they follow, find you and follow you and support you and buy your books? Mostly um, I'm on Instagram is where social media is. And then um, you can buy my books anywhere where books are sold. That's so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. And this golden state. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Awesome. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye.